Alright guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another rendition of the Locksmith Podcast, hosted by John Luke Bonciorno. Twitter at uh, UFC underscore Locksmith. And today we have a very, very important episode. UFC 273 full card predictions and breakdowns. Uh, so just to review, UFC Columbus, it was not my best. Uh, I ended up being down about three units. Uh, first down week in over, I think, since UFC 271, which was in the middle of February. So yeah, it sucked being down. Um, Askar Askarov lost me my best bet. If that had hit, I would have been up about eight units, but we will have to see another day. I think he won that fight still over Kaikar France, but it's okay. Um, those things happen. And, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to rebound strong here. I, I really like the card um, in terms of a betting perspective. Uh, so I plan on really attacking some fights on this card more than others. Uh, I, some of the fights I really don't know much about. Uh, you know, I couldn't really find a lot of tape study on some of the fighters, but we're going to get into it um, with the predictions and tips for each fight. And also, if you head over to my Twitter at USC underscore locksmith, and DM me. Uh, I'm giving out this week's card for free because I had an absolutely dog shit uh, UFC Columbus in terms of my eyes. Being down is never good, uh, especially when you know you've been up double digit units for a month straight every single week, and then you know you have a losing week. It kind of sucks. It's kind of like a damn. But yeah, let's get started. Um, first match of the night: Daniel Santos and Julio Arce at bantamweight. Um, Daniel Santos, this is his debut fight uh, in the UFC. He's five foot seven, 135 pounds. Julio Arce, we know who he is. Um, he's been around for a long time. Lost to Song Adong, Hakeem Dawadu. Uh, so he's lost two of his last three, but or I just, I mean, you look at the guys he's lost to. Hakeem Dawadu is really good. Lost him in a split decision. And lost to Song Yadong, a guy who I think has potential to be a champion. Um... And he beat Julian Arosa, you know, he, he beat uh, Andre Ewell. So, yeah, I think Julio Arce is going to win this fight, and I'm going to do it by decision here. Um, I think he's just a more well-rounded fighter. I think he's a more experienced fighter, and I think that experience is going to play, uh, you know, into consideration. Uh, Santos is a finisher. Um, he's got five KOs, two subs, and a 10-1 and record. But I don't think he's going to have enough. Uh, you know, I think he may come out firing, and he may, you know, win the first round in this fight, and that's where I'd like to look and jump in live. But I'm going to take Arce straight up here. Um, he's about minus 195 on the line. You could take him by decision, probably probably for, like, minus 110, maybe even plus money. Um, and I think that's where, you know, you have to go. He's got the three-inch reach advantage. He's got uh, decent output at 4.14, significant strikes landed per minute. Takedowns, um, he does a pretty good job, you know, keeping the fight where he wants it. So, yeah, I, I think that's going to be the play here is uh, Julio Arce. And now we're going to move up. Uh, Piero Rodriguez versus Kay Hansen in the strawweight division. Kay Hansen, a record of 7-5, and five, whereas Rodriguez 7-0, and oh, with Rodriguez being a slight favorite at minus 120. Another debut fight here, uh, Rodriguez making her debut after a pr impressive win on uh, Dana Wade's Contender Series. She really hasn't fought anybody, um, if you want me to be completely honest. I'm not really impressed with her resume whatsoever. Kay Hansen, 
you know, she's fighting on relatively short notice after fighting Jasmine uh, Jasudevich, uh, who's I think is a real fighter. Also lost to Corey McKenna. That loss didn't, you know, didn't really age the best as she lost to Elise Reed in UFC London. Um, but I do like Kay Hansen here. I don't know, man. It's a weird fight. You know, Kay Hansen's only 22 years old. I think she's, you know, really growing. And yeah, she's 7-5. and five, I know. But I think she's going to get this fight to the mat. Uh, if she does that, she will win this fight. Um, and I think she may even get it done by sub. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kay Hansen by sub. Uh, the money line's way more intriguing to me at plus money. I think the experience plays a big factor in this fight. And yeah, I know she's, you know giving up a inch in height and, you know, reaches the same. She actually averages more significant strikes landed per minute and less takedowns. So if this fight does go to the mat, I like where Hansen is anyway. So, yeah, I think Kay Hansen here is the play. Um, I think I think she beats Rodriguez here. You look, you know, if we're, where Rodriguez is most comfortable is where Hansen probably is better than her. And if this fight stays standing, I think Hansen just picks her apart. So I'm going to go Kay Hansen here at plus money, a uh, little underdog, plus 100. I actually really like that play. Next up is a middleweight fight between Anthony Hernandez and I want to say Josh, yeah, Josh Fremid. If you want me to be completely honest, I don't know much about this fight. Um, Josh Fremid, uh, it's his debut. He's 28 years old, 9-2 record, and I don't know much about him. Uh, Anthony Hernandez, 8-2. Beat um, beat Hidolfo Vieira recently, very recently actually, at uh, UFC two. Or Jesus, not recently. I about a year ago, lost to Kevin Holland by KO. That lost that lost age well. Um, I'm gonna go Anthony Hernandez here. I think he's more experienced. He's fought in better guys. I don't really like taking fighters in their debut fights. And you look at Anthony Hernandez. He's got a 66% takedown uh, average. Lands 60, uh, 60% of his significant strikes. Lands five significant strikes per minute. He's minus 200 on the money line. Uh, you could take him by decision or by knockout. The double chance there may be a play. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Anthony Hernandez here. Just a more well-rounded, experienced fighter. I think he gets the job done. Um, you know, I don't know much about Josh Freeman. I know he's got a four-inch height advantage, which is you know could play dividends. I don't really know. I'm not really going to touch this fight. Maybe I'll take Hernandez. Uh, in a straight by the money line, but in terms of, you know, parlaying him or, you know, putting putting a decent amount of units on this fight, I'm just not willing to do that, if you want to be completely honest. Next fight, we have Jared Vandera versus Alexi Olenek. Uh, Jared Vandera coming in on short notice after fighting Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky. Uh, Jared Vandera's shit. We know this guy's. He's not a great fighter. Uh, you know, he's lost three of his last four. The only guy I beat was Justin Taffa. Lost to Romanov, Arlovsky, Spivak. <sighs> but Olenek is old. He's 44 years old. Lost his last three. Granted, it was to the Black Beast, Chris Dawkins, and Sergei Spivak. I'm going to Alexi Olenek here by submission. Uh, you look at where Vandera excels at striking. If he keeps his fight on the feet, he will win this fight. But Alexi Olenek, he's a, you know, he's a timeless grappler. I think he gets the job done here over a terrible opponent. He was supposed to fight Erlo Latifi. That would have been a more interesting matchup, in which I still would have picked Olenek. Here, Olenek, you can get him at plus 120 on some books. I think that's great value here. I, you could take him by the submission prop. 
you probably get that at plus 170, 180, 200 maybe even. I think that's a clear play here. Um, Jared Vandera is not a good fighter. He's a great dude, but he's just not a great fighter at all. So Alexi Olenek for me is the play. You get him at plus money as well. I just think that there's value there. You you know, the guy has 44 submission wins. Or 46. Uh, 46 submission wins. He's got like 100 fights. I think he gets another one here. Maybe he you know, goes out on top. Maybe he retires. I don't know. I think Alexi Olenek wins this fight, though. You look, Vandera keeps it on the feet. He wins. I don't think he keeps it on the feet for three rounds with Olenek. I think Olenek gets a takedown in the first round. Rare naked choke. Sub. Yeah, I'm going to go Alexi Olenek here by submission. Uh, now we move on to the prelims. Mickey Gall and Mike Mallett. Mickey Gall coming in at a plus 175 dog. Mike Mallett coming in as minus 200 on the line. Uh... This is an interesting fight here. I kind of like Mickey Gall. Uh, Mickey Gall, you know, you can say what you want about him. He's fought, you know, he's fought some of the best guys. Not best guys, but good guys. You know, Diego Sanchez, Mike Perry, Jordan Williams, uh, Alex Morono. He lost to Alex Morono in his last fight. Uh, tough performance from him. He couldn't get the fight to the mat. But Alex Morono has really good takedown defense. Mike Mallett, we don't really know, you know, how great his takedown defense is. Um... You know, I think Mickey Gall here has the better jujitsu. Um, he's got the the height advantage. I want to say he has a reach advantage as well. Yes, he does. Um, and if Mallet tries to take this fight to the floor, I think Mickey's going to submit him. Uh, I don't see this fight staying standing the whole time. So I'm going to go Mickey Gall by submission because once he does get you to the ground, he's dangerous. Uh, we saw that in the Jordan Williams fight. You know, he got him to the mat in the first round, put him away with the sub, rear naked choke in a fight that he was plus 200 in, and we took him on that line. I'm going to trust him again at plus 165 here. A little sprinkle on a straight. I don't think I'm going to parlay him. Maybe a unit uh, on him straight up at plus 165. But I actually do like that play a lot. So I'm going to go Mickey Gall by sub. I like the play, and I think he gets it done. All right, next up, a fight that I'm going to heavily cap. Uh, Raquel Pennington versus Aspen Ladd. <coughs> What's Aspen Ladd good at, guys? Seriously, what is she good at? In her last fight against Nora Dumont, she looked like she didn't want to be there. You know, she lost to GDR um, in 16 seconds. Beat Yana Kunitskaya and Sara Eubanks. Like, those, you know, Kunitskaya is all right. Eubanks is kind of shit. Raquel Pennington, yeah, I know she's 13-9 and nine and her record's not great, but she's won her last three fights. Um, and she would have won four of her last five. Or she won four of her last five. If it wasn't for a loss to Holly Holm, who's a, you know, a former champion. She's been in there with GDR. She's been in there with Nunez. She's been in there with Holm twice. Jessica Andrade, Katzengano. Look at the people she's been in there with. And she's minus 190 on this line, and I think she should be minus 300. Aspen Ladd doesn't do anything good. Seriously, what does she do good? I mean, I, I, I don't think Raquel Pennington loses this fight. She's got a you know heightened reach advantage. I think she's... The far better fighter here. I don't think Aspen Lyon wants to be there. And until she proves me differently, I'm not going to bet on her. I bet on her in that Nora Dumont fight, and she looked terrible. Literally looked like she didn't want to be there. Aspen Lad, you know, we know she's 6-1 and one with knockouts, you know, like uh, when it comes into knockouts. But I think Pennington wins this fight by decision, and you can get that prop at, like, minus 120, minus 110. Are you kidding me? I mean, that has best bet opportunity. That has five-unit opportunity right there. I don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger on that best bet, but I'm definitely going to put it in a straight, and I'm going to parlay Pennington. I can tell you that right now. 
Um, she, I think she's just a better fighter here. You know, maybe Lad gets to the floor for a round. Maybe it's a 29-28. I don't know. I, I just don't think Aspen Lad's good at anything. She's just stagnant, boring. She stands there. I'm going Pennington by decision. Next up, we got Jarzinho Biggie Boy Rosenstrike in the heavyweight division at minus 160 against Marcin Tybura. Um, this is interesting. Tybura really doesn't like to take this fight to the mat, but I think he has to here if he wants to win. I don't think he's going to do that. You look at Marcin Tybura, he's 22-7, and seven, decent record. Won four of his last five against guys like, you know, Max Grishin, Ben Rothwell, Greg Hardy, Walt Harris, who, you know, hasn't been on a great stretch. Then lost to Alexander Volkov. Um, he's lost to Augusto Sakai, Shamil Abdurahimov, the Black Beast. These are all by knockout. He likes to... He, the way he fights, he gets hit, right? And we know Rosenstrike is that type of fighter where he's losing the fight until he isn't and his opponent is unconscious on the floor. We've seen it time and time again. We saw that in the Overeem fight. We saw that in the JDS fight. The Augusto Sakai fight, he was kind of patient, 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 and then just knocked him out. I think he's going to touch the chin. And look at the guys Rosenstrike's lost to. Ngannou, gone, blades. Well-rounded fighters. Except really Ngannou, I mean, just blitzed him. And, you know, what are you going to do when Francis Ngannou blitzes you and swings for the fences? You're going to get knocked out unless you connect. But I don't take that loss into consideration here. I think he gets it done by first round, second round KO. I like Rosenstrike here a lot, actually. Um, I think he's the better fighter. I think he's fought better guys. Tybura, you know, he can come out and win this fight. I just, I don't see it. You know, he like the way he fights is heavy pressure, and he does get hit a lot, which is, you know, what we saw with Derek Lewis. Rosenstrike kind of fights, he's like a more calculated Derek Lewis, where he's losing the fight until he isn't. But he's more calculated. So if Derek Lewis can knock him out, I think Rosenstrike's going to be able to find that chin as well. I'm going Rosenstrike here, first or second round KO. And a minus 160 on the money line, I think you're getting good value. Um, taken by KO, probably plus 110, plus 120. I like to play. Next up, we have a uh, welterweight matchup, Ian the Future Gary versus Darian Weeks. So Ian Gary has a lot of hype behind him as the next, you know, Conor McGregor or whatever you want to say. No way. I watched him fight against Jordan Williams live at MSG. I was there. UFC 268, great card, by the way. He's minus 360 in this fight. I don't think the value's there, and we're going to get to that because there's a lot of fights on this card, in the, especially in the main card. I don't think the value's there. I think he wins this fight, though. He has a 4-inch height advantage, 3.5-inch reach advantage. Darian Weeks likes to put up a high output. I think Ian Gary's going to kind of catch him. Um, Darian Weeks is, you know, he's 5-1. and one. Ian Gary's 8-0. and oh. um, You know, he lost his last fight to Brian Barberino. We just saw it beat Matthew Immortal Brown. Other than that, he hasn't fought in the UFC. Um, I'm going to go with Ian Gary. I think they're going to give this guy layups, if you want to be completely honest. You know, I know he's only had one UFC fight as well, but Jordan Williams is actually not that bad. I think he's better than Darian Weeks, honestly. If I think I think Jordan Williams, if he fought Darian Weeks, would be a favorite by minus 200, minus 170. So that makes me have to go with Ian Gary here. I mean, he knocked out Jordan Williams cold. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Weeks is going to get over-aggressive, you know, ex overextend 
on a right hand, then I think Ian Gary's going to come in with the left hook and clip him. Drop him and finish this fight. So I'm going to go Ian Gary by knockout. Um, and I'm going to look to fade Ian Gary in the future, believe me. Um, they really want to push this guy as, you know, the next Irish superstar, whatever they want to do. He will run into, a, you know, a wall that he, he can't knock down. Um, but for the time being, I will take Ian Gary. I'll ride the hype train. He will get to 9-0. Ian Gary by knockout is the official pick. Now onto the pay-per-view. I don't know if this match order is right. If uh, There's no way. Marco Madsen and uh, Vink Pinchel, Pinchel. There's no way this is on the main card. There's no way. I mean, maybe it is. I, I don't know, you know. I don't know. You know, Pinchel is minus 135. Madsen plus 115 on the money line. I can tell you right now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna handicap this fight. Um, Madsen's eleven and zero. He beat Clay Guida, uh, not recently, but you know, a decent while ago. I don't really know much, you know, here. I, I know Pitchell's pretty decent. I know, you know, he beat Jim Miller. That's a good one to have on your resume. Uh, he lost to Gregory Gillespie. That's a good loss. Um, if you want to be completely honest, I don't know how to handicap this fight. I don't know much of this about this fight. Um, I know it's a striker versus wrestler, so I'm going to go with the wrestler, Marco Madsen. I'm not going to handicap this fight. I can tell you that right now. I'm not going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to bet on, or I guess, Marco Madsen, maybe the play here, plus 115. He is the wrestler, usually, you know, in a striker versus wrestler, where the wrestler can kind of dictate his pace. Um, I have, I, I did watch Marco Madsen's last fight against Clay Guida, and, you know, he looked decent. But if you want to be completely honest, I don't know much. You know, I don't know why they're doing this fight. It's a 39 versus 37-year-old on the main card. Both guys aren't ranked. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to spend much time on this fight. I guess Marco Madsen, um, by decision, I'll say. Maybe even sub, but I'm not really interested in that fight. That's probably going to be, you know, a piss break or whatever. I'm probably not even really going to pay attention to it. So, yeah, I guess Marco Madsen. Uh, and now moving on up uh, to the fourth fight. Uh, Mackenzie Dern, Tisha Torres. Pick them lines. This is a joke. Mackenzie Dern's a jiu-jitsu fighter, right? Who can't get the fight to the mat. What type of jiu-jitsu fighter can't hit? She can't take the fight to the mat. Look at her takedown ac- average. Look at the accuracy. What is... I- I'm going to look at it right now. I, she. How are you a jiu-jitsu fighter who can't take the fight to the mat? Her takedown average is 10.71%. Are you kidding me? Mackenzie Dern, what you saw in the Mariana Rodriguez fight, she couldn't get her down. She lost that fight. Yeah, she took down Nina Nunes and subbed her. Ooh, cool. That's a decent win. But we saw in her last performance, she couldn't get the fight to the mat. Tisha Torres is a dog, man. Tisha Torres beat Angela Hill. Yeah, she lost to Mariana Rodriguez. She lost to Zhang Weili, future champion. Yoanian Jacek, Jessica Andrade, Rosemary Yunus. Are you kidding me? And I'm getting her at minus, minus 110s? Against Mackenzie Dern? The, listen to the name she was just in there with. She's been in there with everybody. The champions. Yoana, champion. Zhang Weili, champion. Jessica Andrade, champion. Rosemary Yunus, champion. She beat Rosemary Yunus a long time ago, but she still beat her. Michelle Waterson, she beat. Angela Hill, beat twice. Yeah, to me... Tisha Torres is going to kick that leg off. She's going to keep this fight standing, and she's going to win this fight. The fact that she's minus 110 here is crazy. I'm using her in parlays. Uh, 
I'm going to straight better. She might even be my best bet for those of you guys, you know, who, uh, I don't know, you know, wink, wink. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger on the best bet for five units on her. But, like, I- I'm very confident she wins this fight. I'm going Tisha Torres here. If Mackenzie Dern can't get this fight to the match, she's going to get picked apart. Like, if she gets the fight to the match, she could sub Tisha Torres. Don't get me wrong. But everything, her whole history proves to the point, or points to, like, her not getting this fight done. I don't understand. Where, where's this hype? Mackenzie Dern, I, I, you know, she's had a few impressive wins. But let's let's pump the brakes here. Tisha Torres has been in there with the best of the best, man. No chance. I'm not going Mackenzie Dern here. Are you fucking kidding me? That's a disrespectful line to Tisha Torres. I'm going Tisha Torres here by decision. If you can get that prop at plus 170 or higher, I mean, there, there's value there, and it's it's crazy value. So, yeah, Tisha Torres by decision is my official prediction for this fight, and I really like that prediction. All right. Now it gets fun. Feature bout of the evening. Gilbert Durinho Burns and Kamzat Chimaev. This line is crazy, man. Minus 550 on Kamzat, plus 400 on Gilbert Burns. So if I was to tell you, right, there were two guys fighting in this fight. One of them hasn't fought anybody in the top 10. And the other one is two fights removed from fighting the number one power fighter in the world, Kamar Usman, in which he drops Kamar Usman. Who would you think would be the minus 550 favorite? Because you'd be wrong. Gilbert Burns is a three-time Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gold medalist and a proven savage in this game. He's beaten Wonderboy Thompson, beat uh, Tyron Woodley badly, beat... Uh, fuck. He beat Damian Maia, knocked him out. So we've seen him in there with some of the best. Who have we seen Kamzat in there with? Now, this is my problem, and this is why I have a really tough time picking Gilbert Burns officially and betting on Gilbert Burns. Kamzat Shemaev has landed 112 significant strikes. He has absorbed one. This level of dominance has never been seen. Khabib didn't dominate people like this when on his, you know, when he was coming up. Khabib didn't do this to people. This is different. We haven't seen this level of domination before. So the way I look at this fight, right, striking advantage, who has it? I'd say Gilbert Burns in straight Muay Thai, you know, striking. Jiu-Jitsu advantage, Gilbert Burns. Um, I can't, I, 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 Kamzat Shemaev is such a wild card. He can come in here and finish Gilbert Burns in the first minute. He seriously can. I, this his wrestling is so damn good that I, like, he's doing shit we've never seen before, man. Like that's the craziest part is he's doing shit we have never seen before in the sport, and his rise has been so crazy. I'm gonna put, I'll probably put a corner unit on Gilbert Burns just as a sprinkle, and I'm not gonna bet on Kamzat because I don't see the value. Maybe you could take him, you know, first round finish. It's not a bad bet. Um. But he hasn't been in there with somebody like Gilbert Burns, man, who, you know, he, he knows this game. He's been in it forever. Gilbert Burns is a savage. Kamzat's a savage. This is the fight I'm most looking forward to on the whole card. And if Kamzat does win this fight, I think he gets Usman. 
Maybe they give him Colby. You know, I, I don't know. But this fight really intrigues me. Um, the way I, I, my official prediction, I really can't give you one here. I would say sprinkle a little bit of money on Gilbert Burns because anytime you get the number two ranked contender in the world, the plus 500, and he's not fighting the champion, and he's not fighting anybody inside the top 10, you take those odds. But I would not be surprised if Kamzat Shemaev goes in there and handles his business quickly. I don't think this goes the full distance. I know the line for that is like minus 200 to not go the distance, minus like 290 maybe even. So I wouldn't take that. The under one and a half is intriguing. Um, I don't know. This this fight can go either way. I, I really don't know. Uh, minus 550 though, Kamzat's ridiculous. But I could see why. The guy, you know, he's doing things we've never seen before, so I will put, I'll sprinkle on Gilbert Burns, and I do want Gilbert Burns to win this fight, because I'm a fan of guys who, you know, put their ranking on the line and fight lower-ranked guys, you know, with a lot of hype behind them. So, I'm not going to give you an official prediction, but I will say that this fight is truly a wild card, where I think it can go either way, um... Because there's just so much we don't know about Kamzat. Like, this is the fight that really, I think, is going to tell us what we know about Kamzat. You know, when you fight Gerald Mearshart and Li Jing Liang, you don't know a lot. When you fight Gilbert Burns, and if you beat Gilbert Burns, especially finish him, we know a lot about you. Um, so that's all I'm going to say about this fight. I'm Like, this, this to me is a fight that you have to watch if you're a fan of mixed martial arts. Because, you know, this could be the next superstar of the sport, Kamzat Shemaev. Or, you know, the hype train can get derailed. And if it does get derailed, this is the biggest derailing of a hype train of all time. People are, you know, pointing this guy as the next double champ. Imagine if Gilbert goes out there and stops him in the first round. That would be crazy. Um, but, yeah, in terms of capping this fight, I will sprinkle Gilbert Burns. Co-main event of the evening. Bantamweight championship fight. Aljamain the Funkmaster Sterling and Piotr No Mercy Jan. I'm very excited for this fight. Uh, Aljo has not fought since he fought Peter Yan for the belt and quote-unquote won the belt from Peter Yan. Uh, Yan got disqualified via illegal knee. Um, this is tough, too. Uh, I think Sterling's better than people are giving him credit for. People forget how good Sterling is. Um, and I, I just think Yan's a generational fighter. I, I truly do think Yan is generational at bantamweight. Sterling, however, is very, very good, and he has a four inch reach advantage. So Sterling is five and zero in his last five. He's beaten Pedro Munoz, beat Corey Sanhagen in a minute and twenty eight seconds. Then quote unquote beat Jan, beat Cody Stamen. Um, he's beaten Hendon Barrow before. He's damn good. His losses in the UFC have come to uh, Brian Caraway in a split decision, Rafael Sanchez split decision, Marlon Moraes brutal TKO, all in two thousand seventeen. Hasn't lost since then. Look at Piotr Jan, however. Beat Corey Sanhagen. Knocked out Jose Aldo. Knocked out Uriah Faber. Um, Peter Jan, is, his boxing is so good, and he's proven, like, people say, oh, you know, he can't wrestle, he's, you know, he's a striker. Uh, no, the guy can wrestle. Aljo was 1 for 17 on takedowns in that first fight. And we have Jan here at minus 490. Um, I do think this fight goes into the f championship round. So if you want to take Piotr Jan uh, on FanDuel, there is a uh, like a thing you could do. It's 
Piotr Jan by fourth round finish or fifth round finish or decision. You get that at minus 180. Love that play. Love it. Um, I think Sterling keeps this thing. I think I think this goes the full distance. I, I really do. I think Sterling is going to prove a lot of people wrong. And I think he's going to 48-47 lose. Three rounds to two. Maybe four rounds to one. I could be completely wrong. Jan can go out there and finish him, starch him. But I don't think he does that. We've seen Aljo's, you know, recovery ability. You know, he got dropped in the first round of that Jan fight. Um, and he recovered very well, actually. Uh, I, I think this fight does stay standing. And if the fight stays standing, I'm going to go Peter Jan every single time. Aljo can get this fight to the mat, maybe in the first round, you know, and maybe keep him there. Not sure. We saw Peter Jan get up very quickly. And Peter Jan utilizes judo really, really well, which is, I think, a bad stylistic matchup for Aljo. You know, if Aljo tries to engage a clinch, uh, you know, Jan Judo tosses him to the floor, maybe gets, you know, p- like uh, p- top control. I think this fight's going to be close, though. But I think Piotr Jan is going to, you know, kind of uh, put a stamp on the fact that he is the greatest bantamweight in the world right now. Um, although, like I said, I think it's going to be closer than people think. I think Aljamain's going to come out in the first round hot, uh, trying to prove a lot of people wrong. And I think he's going to put on a good performance, the best performance of his career. But I don't think it's going to be enough to beat Piotr Jan because I think Piotr Jan is motivated to prove to people that, you know, this this fuckmaster guy is not, he's not better than me. You know, Piotr Jan, you watch him fight sometimes. He's the most technical striker we have in the sport right now. He's more technical as a striker than Izzy. I, I said it. You watch him fight. You watch him and Izzy fight. Watch Izzy fight. He point fights. Jan don't fucking point fight, man. Jan goes out there and goes for it. Goes for it. Like he, he, he's the most exciting fighter to watch right now in the UFC, I think. Piotr Jan. The guy has no boring fights. It's like him, Justin Gaethje. He's in that category of exciting fighters where he does not have a boring fight. You watch, Go watch his fight with Corey Sanhagen. UFC 267. Uh, watch that fight. That's a chess match of the highest, the highest quality. So, yeah. I think that, you know... Piotr Jan here is the play. Um, fourth round, fifth round decision. Uh, if you don't have that, you could take him by take him by decision. Um, I think this fight does go the full 25 minutes, and I think it's going to be a classic. And I think Jan's going to pull out and prove that he is the best bantamweight in the world. But I do think this fight's going to be an all-time classic. Um, but yeah, my official prediction, Piotr Jan money line, Piotr Jan by decision. Main event time. Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, featherweight division title fight versus the Korean Zombie. Volkanovsky's minus 800, Zombie's plus 525. Um, I was really looking forward to handicapping this fight when it got announced. And then I saw the line was minus 800. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? Seriously, what am I supposed to do? You know, you look at Alexander Volkanovsky, beat Max Holloway for the belt. Very, 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 very narrowly beat Max Holloway to defend his first title. Then went out and had probably one of the fights of the 2021 with Brian Ortega in what was one of the more entertaining fights I've watched in a long time. Um, and won that fight, you know, pretty dominantly. Uh, obviously, we know about, you know, the amount of guillotine that Ortega had locked up, and he was able to escape that. Volkanovski's he's beaten, you know, he, he's just looked unstoppable. And you, you look at the way the zombie fights, which is, it's like a zombie. You know, he, he constant pressure, constant pressure. You need that lead leg. 
if you want to have that type of fighting style, that constant pressure, what does Volkanovski do best? He chews at that lead leg. The zombie coming off of a win against Dan Ige, that doesn't, you know, obviously this was supposed to be Max Holloway. Um, it's not. It's Chance on Jung. Um, he's coming off of a win against Dan Ige. That's not a win that, you know, gets you a title shot. Um, before that, he had lost to T-City, a guy who Volkanovski made look not bad, but not great either. And T-City made, you know, the Korean zombie easy work. So I think, you know, I think if if Volkanovski, and we've seen Volkanovski recover, you know, look at the way he got knocked down against Max Holloway, and he recovered so damn well. Even after being in what, what might have been the tightest submission to not get, you know, tapped out, that's not named, you know, Charles Oliveira's armbar on Tony Ferguson. Besides that, like, that submission was tight. And Volkanovski stayed composed. The zombie has knockout power, and he, he may even drop Volkanovski in the first round. But we've seen the recovery of Alexander Volkanovski. It's so good, and I think he gets it done here. I'm going to say he could either he could finish this fight in the fourth and fifth or get the decision. I wonder what the line is on that. It's probably like minus 300. There's just not a lot of ways to cap this fight. You could parlay Volkanovski, which I'll probably will do, just to get better juice on whatever you're taking. I think he gets it done here. Um, I felt I feel very confident going into this fight for Volkanovski. I think you know he's the better fighter here. He's you know pound for pound in my opinion top four, top three in the sport right now. Um, and I think the only guy in that division who could beat him is Max Holloway. Um, I think it's like such a clear one A one B. It's kind of like welterweight where you have like two guys who are just better than everybody else. Like Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovski are just better than everybody else in that division. And they will run it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Alexander Volkanovsky here. And I will say by decision. All right, guys. So that's going to wrap up the uh, UFC 273 full card prediction and breakdown. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, if you guys are new listening, please follow me on Twitter at UFC underscore locksmith. And uh, DM my account this weekend. I will give you the bets for free of charge. Um and if you are a follower that is listening, make sure you DM me. I probably will send you the card anyway. But just DM me. Shoot me a DM. Ask how you know. Ask about the card, whatever, whatever. If you have any questions, let me know. I hope this answered some of them. You know, if you have a specific fight you're looking forward to, uh, you know, just skip around the podcast. You'll find it. And, uh, yeah, I do thank you guys for listening. I'm so excited for the fights this weekend. Um, so, yeah, uh, I hope you guys watch. I hope you guys had a good time listening to this, and I hope you guys learned something new. And uh, hopefully, you know, Sunday morning we wake up with, you know, a little bit more money in our bank account. So, yeah, um, thank you.